Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Colossus MLW star Barrington Hughes, and you are listening to the Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. Ah, fam. Hola amigos, los saluda Héroe Star desde el Cosmos, directamente de Lucha Libre Triple Lucha Underground, para que sigan de cerca el canal de Wrestle Thoughts. Nos vemos, hasta luego. Kyle O'Reilly, and you're listening to Wrestle Thoughts Podcast, and that is undisputed. Welcome to Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. Kate Johansson here with another review of MLW Major League Wrestling. And today I am reviewing MLW Fusion Episode 61, the first show after the hugely successful live special of Fury Road 2019. So, at Fury Road 2019, we saw. Alex Hammerstone of the Dynasty defeat Hart Foundation's Brian Pillman Jr. to become the first ever national openweight champion in MLW. And episode 61, no better way to start, Rich Bikini is talking to Alex Hammerstone. And as Rich mentions Dynasty, he talks about um, Alex Hammerstone aligning himself with such people and Hammerstone cuts him off and says that the Dynasty needed him and that he gave Dynasty the destiny and he gave them their first ever piece of gold. Now, is this Hammerstone becoming too egotistical? Could Hammerstone outgrow the Dynasty with his ego? I'd like to see... A, like, I, I really like Dynasty as a heel, but I'm thinking, could Dynasty... Maybe split up down the line, especially with MJF going to AEW. But could there be a way that they split up, but all three of them stay heel? I'd like to see that where somebody as arrogant as MJF, he's got competition with Alex Hammerstone. I'd I'd like to see that. And speaking of Dynasty, so kicking things off, the first match was Dynasty's Richard Holiday, and he faced Koto Brazil. Now, straight away you see the difference in size and stature. Holiday's, what, 6'4", Cota Brazil's about 5'3". There's more than a feet difference between them. And this showed, like, Richard Holiday, he came out with Aria Blake, um, Hammerstone and MGF stayed um, in the back. But yeah, Aria Blake was with him. And Cota impressed me. I, I really like Cota. I think he is one of the future... Like high flyers, junior style wrestlers in the business. He he was really impressed against Richard with the quick flurry and um of attacks, but Holiday just he was physically superior and that was the story they were telling in the ring. But like I said, Koto had a lot of flurry with his attacks, a lot of momentum, and then the match ended with Holiday hitting a brutal lariat turns Koto inside out, gut wrenches, gut wrenches him to pick him up into the power bomb. One, two, three. And the thing I liked about this was the fact that after Holiday hit the gut wrench power bomb, 
it probably took about three to four seconds for him to actually go for the pin. And I like that. Like He knew it was over. He was arrogant. He was just bringing in the crowd from it. And just slowly walks from uh, around Koto's lying body. Slowly goes down. One, two, three. As casual as you like. And I kind of like that. I love it, in fact. Uh, there was no desperation because his arrogance, he knew it was all over. Like, sometimes with these arrogant pins, you see somebody casually go down for the pin. Um, or, well, no, they'd quickly go down for the pin, but then do a casual cover and then be surprised when they don't get the free. I liked how this worked. So, yeah, that made it two for two with Dynasty. Could it be three for three? Tonight's main event is Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus MJF. Okay. So, it then went to Selena De La Renta of Promociones Dorado. Um, it was announced that she's going to be executive producer again for an upcoming MLW show. Next week's, in fact. And she was on the phone and there was just hyping it that she's on the phone building towards next week's show and and if it's as good as the first show that she produced i am really really looking forward to this it was very promotion is heavy with el hero de la park la park ricky martinez loki and i think that's going to be the same um it won't surprise me if it involves mance warner and sammy callahan because of their well, they've been costing Selena money. They stopped LA Park from cashing in his title shot on Filthy Tom a couple of weeks ago. And she they've been a rough on her side, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes and what other matches she'll produce and what other carnage she'll produce really. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see and that'll be MLW episode sixty two of Fusion. Make sure you do check that out. Now, the next match. This match was really, really good. For me, probably match of the match of the episode. It was Ace Austin versus Airwolf. Like these these guys are impressive. Um and the thing is, like how young they are. Ace Austin is only twenty two and Airwolf is only nineteen. And it was only a couple of weeks ago that Airwolf got a win over Ray Phoenix on a MW Fusion. Getting a win over one of the biggest luchadors in the business today. Like, it's scary how good they are. Like, the next 10 years, it'll be... In 10 years' time, Airwolf's only 29. He's only going to be getting started. So it'll be really interesting to see where where he'll be in the future. During the match, there was talking about um, Selena De Laurenta looking for someone to join Promociones Dorado. And talk about, and just talking about the rumor mill and suggestions where that she could be looking at Airwolf. Could be interesting to see how they'd build that. I can't see how it would work. Obviously, Airwolf's just a young upcoming. He might be seduced with power, with wealth, with fame, with being at that top spot that Selena could provide, maybe. Could it have. The involvement with Ray Phoenix, obviously Airwolf said he'd like a second match against Phoenix. And Promociones Dorado, 
And on the best of terms with Phoenix and Pentagon, there could do a tease of them attacking him. Is Airwolf going to help or not? And maybe Airwolf join promotion is Dorado. Or it might just be Hairsay, who who knows. But back to the match itself. Ace was probably in control of the match. It was... He's so impressive. Every time I see him, I am more and more impressed in what he's capable of doing. And he started taking too much time pandering to the crowd because, again, he was he was having the upper hand. And it gave... Uh, it, uh, it gave Airwolf the chance to hit Ace with the tail whip, which is a very nice double underhook suplex. Really, really nice, well executed, and only got a couple of minutes, a uh, couple of uh, seconds. But the show is set, the match itself went for 11 minutes, and I felt it was a really, really good showcase for both of these. Airwolf managed to get the win, so he's gone from beating Ray Phoenix to getting a win against Ace Austin. Surely it's only a matter of time before he faces Teddy Hart for the middleweight. Or you never know, he might want to take his take a chance with the open weight. Who knows? But a really, really good win for him in eleven minutes. Jumps off the top rope, catches Ace Austin and kinda of folds him up face first, plants him one, two, three. Again, great momentum for Airwolf. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. So, back to Selena. Selena De Laurenta is going to give us main event of the year, she claims. And the main event is Sammy Callahan facing Mance Warner. In a falls count anywhere. And not only in a falls count anywhere, but it's also loser leaves MOW. Talk about a fucking huge match. Wow. Um, didn't expect to see this coming. I could see him having a fight. Like I've always talked about how Callahan and Warner, they respect each other. The like, enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. But they both appreciate that. They both want to knock each other out and see who's the better at fighting. And I can see Callahan being the one taking the loss. With all his other commitments. Uh, I'd be surprised. If he didn't take the loss. But. It'll be interesting to see where they go. And what happens in this match. Then. It starts promoting Kings of Coliseum. The next live special that MOW are going to be doing. And it's on July 6th in Chicago. And it's been announced. Major League Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship match. Filthy Tom Lawler is going to be defending against Contra Unit's Jacob Fatu. And obviously, Contra Unit abducted Lawler at Fury Road, started torturing him, cut his hair off, things like that. Now, there was building that Lawler wants vengeance, he didn't want to go to the police. Could this backfire? Fatu is a monster. Like, he's... <laughs> He's ridiculous. Could this backfire and could Fatu be the one to take the belt off Lawler? Like, what would MOW look like when three guys that aren't signed and are just causing chaos throughout the full company hold the the main belt? It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. It really is. And he went to a Lawler video actually regarding Contra Unit. He's saying he's been beaten up before. Um, and 
he's a tough guy, all that sort of stuff. But he's gonna, it's time to clean this place up. And he's going to find someone that has something they don't have. And he talks about Marshall and Ross Von Erich. So, yeah, it's, the Von Erichs are going to be teaming with Filthy Tom Lawler against the Contra Unit. The challenge is out there and the Contra Unit did accept later in the show. So it'll be interesting to see that as a six man tag. Talk about Baptist of Fire for Von Erichs in their debut to face the Contra Unit. Jesus Christ. Now, goes across to Sammy Callahan and Mance Warner talking about the match that they've just been booked in by Selena. And they're just talking about they like to fight, and it's mainly Callahan doing the talking here. And he he, he said, they're going to give Jim Cornette a stroke. Or they're going to make him want to quit the industry for good with the amount of violence that they're going to like give each other. But then Callahan went on saying when he picks up the victory and Mans Warner rides on up in the sunset, then Mans took it, like he cut him off there, turns the baseball cap, he was like, I ain't going nowhere. Like, not a chance. And he was like, you are? And he was like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. And I like this where they've got that respect for each other, but they know that this is important. It's not about, yeah, this is going to be fun beating the shit out of each other. They know it's important. And, yeah, so, shake hands and Mance Warner goes when the bell rings. <laughs> like, we'll shake hands now, but when the bell rings, we'll be fighting. And, yeah, my money's on Mansa to pick up that win. It was announced next week as well that Flamita will be making his MLW debut against the very impressive Ray Horus. And also, Loki is going to face Promotion Dorado Ricky Martinez. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, Loki was left stranded in the ring by Martinez and Selena and was laid waste to Contra Unit. Went to Loki and he was, he was asking what's he doing to prepare and he's like, look, I'm a professional, I'm always prepared. Uh, tells Ricky that he sealed his fate because he's on his list. So, yeah, another person after the promotion is Dorado and I'm sure he's still got his eye on Contra Unit. He ain't going to forget the beatdown that they give him. Now, it goes to the main event. Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus MJF. Now, obviously Teddy Hart defended against Jimmy Havoc, but Pillman Jr. lost his match against the Dynasty's Hammerstone over the Fury Road tapings. And, well, Richard Holiday picked up a win earlier in the night, so the two for two. And MJF, in no surprise whatsoever, doesn't only come out with Aria Blake, but the rest of Dynasty are ringside with him. And Davey runs straight at him. MJF drops, gets out the ring, hugs Blake. He's like, nah, we'll do this on my time. And, yeah, the the distractions from Dynasty ringside allows MJF to get the upper hand. And they start working the leg on Davy Boy Smith Jr., which was so really, really well throughout the full match. Um, MGF's swinging his leg straight into the ring post. As he gets back in, MGF starts starts uh, distracting the referee. So Holiday, Hammerstone, they can continue working on the right leg of Davy Boy Smith Jr. And yeah, 
throughout the match, it was just constant distractions, helping him choke out Davy Boy using like his t-shirt. One one of the guys would distract on the apron for the referee. The other one would throw it into MJF. MJF starts choking, and actually Davy Boy Smith managed to capitalise it. And then all of a sudden, all of Dynasty was screaming at the ref to look. And I, I was hoping they didn't go down the, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, disqualify you. I'm glad they didn't go down that route. And they just let him go on. And again, throughout it, he's selling the leg. Like, he's doing moves and not being able to capitalise because of the leg. And he gets him up for the tombstone. Hits MJF with the tombstone. He gets up on the top rope, all, like, dynamite kid-esque. Flying headbutt across the ring, but his leg hurts because he's landing knees first. His leg hurts. He's selling. He's selling the leg. Manages to get the pin. One, two. Richard Holiday hooks MJF's leg onto the rope. So no win. And then this prompts um, MJF telling Holiday to do something whilst he's laid out on the floor. So Holiday's up on the apron. Davy Boy Smith knocks him off the apron. Pillman. Junior finally comes down. I'm like, after all this, where the hell are the rest of the Hart Foundation? Pillman comes out, is brawling with Holiday, and I thought MJF was going to get the win here. Shoulder to um, shoulder tackle to the back of the knee, tries a sharpshooter. Like the ego on this guy never seems to amaze me. Goes for the sharpshooter and fails. David Boy Smith's picking MJF back up and just literally drops him because Hammerstone's up on the apron. Yeah, it's Hammerstone, and yeah, he runs at the corner for MJF. MJF gets out the way, manages to roll him up. One, two, and just before the three, the referee realises that MJF has his legs on the rope. And at this point, Teddy Hart's now gone ringside. He's brawling with Hammerstone, and MJF's too busy getting into the referee's face. The referee shoves him back, and he's like, get out my face, straight into David Boy Smith to hit MJF with a running power slam and something I liked about this was well this show itself so great win for David Boy Smith Dynasty didn't go free for free but during the Airwolf and Ace Austin match a country unit logo flagged up during this main event again the country unit and normally when their logos flashing up during matches shit's going to go down and the show went off with several people laid out backstage to Simon Gotch, Jacob Fatu, Joseph Samael. And it manages to go off with Samael doing a fireball into the camera and it cuts the feed. You've just got Major League Wrestling and it's just beep. I like this. Contra Unit, I, I can't get enough. They are absolutely fantastic. The way they're being booked is... Some of the best wrestling, well, TV in wrestling, period. Like, nowhere else is doing, booking the country on it as good as the being booked. Really, really enjoyed it. Now, guys, I've got a very special interview for you. If you listen to my Fury Road review, you've already heard this one. If not, stick around, okay? I've got a special guest in MLW star, the Colossus, Barrington Hughes. Now, myself and Barrington, we talk about his career, how he got started, and then we talk about a lot of the moments and his goals in MLW. This isn't one to be missed. Make sure you check it out.
I've been Kate Johansson. This is Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. I will be back next week with another review of Major League Wrestling, and that one will be episode 62. Thank you for now. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Colossus MLW star Barrington Hughes, and you are listening to the Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. Ah, fam. Welcome to Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. Kate Johansson here, joined by a very special guest. He is the Caramel Colossus, the Soup Heavyweights, Barrington Hughes. Barrington, thank you for joining us. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Yeah, good, thanks, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. I can't complain. But i got to correct you on that introduction. It's actually no longer the Caramel Colossus. It's just the Colossus. Just the Colossus. Ah, you might want to tell MLW that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might want to tell that one. What what changed? We'll get straight into that. Why are you going from Caramel Colossus to just the Colossus? Um, I would say since January, since December of last year, actually, I kind of wanted to go in a more serious direction. Like, I enjoyed, I I enjoyed, I love MLW and I love what they've done for me. But yeah. the direction I was going, people were kind of looking at me like this big oversized clown. Like, all he's going to do is dance and laugh and blah, blah, blah. So I kind of had yeah. to take my career back in my, into my control and say, you know what? It's not what I want. Let me get my proper representation on. And that's why the gimmick, the, the, the gear changed, the hair changed, the appearance overall changed, as you see in episode 59, where it's just complete reinvention. Everybody's like, yo, what's going on? So. Ah, um. So is that something you're wanting to maybe go back? Obviously, we'll get straight into that. Um, yourself, Ace Romero, facing Jacob Fatu and Joseph Samael. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the way Contra Unit have been working across MOW, are you wanting to come back as that that colossus, that monster, that more serious to get the revenge? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be completely new Barrington that MOW aren't used to seeing? I hope so. I mean, I mean, as of right now, the number they still have the numbers advantage, so it doesn't even really matter. You know, you can come back any way you want if you don't have the advantage or you don't have an even playing field to show what you can do. It doesn't matter. So we're still working on a few things. Okay, okay. Um, so we'll jump into the um, your career with MLW um, a little bit further into the uh, interview. I just want mm-hmm. to know so. How did you get started? Obviously, you grew up in Miami, Florida. So what what made you a fan of wrestling? Like, what was the point where you thought, yep, that's what I want to do. This is, this is for me. Well, basically, it was my grandfather, man. Um, my grandfather's from Jamaica, um, but he moved to New York when he was fairly young with my grandmother. And I would go visit him in the summers. So one summer, I go to go visit him. And uh, we're watching Monday Night Raw, and it's uh, – Razor Ramon versus One Two Three Kid, where One Two Three Kid finally gets the pin on Razor Ramon. Yeah. That was the exact night I very I was like, I love this stuff. This is what I want to do. Of course, me being so young, you know, my my grandfather's like, oh, you're joking, whatever, you're not serious. So fast forward, I want to say I was six at the time. Okay. Fast forward to 2010, me and him are having a discussion, and we talk about what I want to do again. And I tell him I still want to wrestle. And he was really sick at this point. You know, he was a dual amputee due to uh, diabetes. And he basically told me, he's like, look, if you're going to do it, do it with no regrets. 
you know, do it wholeheartedly or don't do it at all. And I told yeah. him I will. And a few days later, he ended up passing away through complications. And since then, I've just been pushing as hard as I can. I found the school three months later, started training, and the rest is history. Okay, so obviously he's massive inspiration. Um, I'm sure everything that you are doing in wrestling is in the memory of him. Would that be correct? Well, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you found a school. What school was that? Who who was it that trained you? It was Rusty Brooks School of Hard Knocks, which was actually located at his home. Uh, Rusty okay. Brooks was a former preliminary wrestler in the early and mid-80s for WWE. Um, he was actually one of the first guys to face Hulk Hogan when he came in. Uh, when he was actually with Freddie Glassie. So that's how okay. far back that. Um, and he's well known all throughout the state of Florida as being a member of the Malenko, uh, family tree as far as being yeah. trained by Malenko, um, as is Soul Man Alex G, uh, Ram Man Donnie G. Uh, the, the names go on and on as far as well known Florida wrestlers that have been trained by the Malenkos. Um, so yeah. I basically got my two loops from him. He kind of put me on the game taught me the basics, things like that. His son gave me a little bit of tips, um, J-Dog Brooks. Um, and then my other trainer, uh, Flex Magnum, was actually my first match um, in okay. September of 20. 20- so, so how do you feel How do you feel that went, like your first match, your family doing the thing that you've set out for, you're in the ring. How? What was your mind going through? How did you think the match went? What was the feedback? Like, Tell us about that. Oh, I mean, at the time, I thought it was, you know, it was an okay match. And I've gone back and watched it, and it's I realized it was freaking terrible. <laughs> it's my first <laughs> match. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's it's your, it's your jump-off point. You know, it can't get any worse than that. So yeah. it was I was grateful for that opportunity. You know, it was actually one of my first paydays. I got, like, I think it was like 10 bucks or something like that. And uh, it's just been going since then. So obviously with independent championship wrestling, um you was with them for what, a couple of years and then you worked in two thousand fifteen with them as well. Yeah. What was your what was your highlights with that company? Like what what stood out? Cause obviously that's where you got your break, that's where um Barrington Hughes was born essentially. Um Yeah. Oh um, my real highlight, God. I didn't really have a lot of highlights there just because it was a little bit more. I worked a lot of early card, you know, lower card matches. I think my highlight there, competing in the ICW Championship Tournament, and the opening round being against one of my best friends and tag team partners at the time, BJ Murdoch. So that was a pretty raucous match where we kind of beat the piss out of each other through the crowd, using chairs, using everything, you know, (laughs) and I ended up losing the match, but it was so much fun. That was probably one of my favorite matches of all time. Ah, oh, nice. And obviously you've worked for a few other companies. Um, Future of Wrestling, I believe. That's where mm-hmm. um, you've been uh, tag team champions with Jordan Rayner, was it, as the hardliners? Yep. For yep. all of them. Yep. How, how was that experience of... Right, I'm I'm a champion now. I'm representing a company in the tag team division. Obviously, I believe hardcore champion at some point as well. So you've you've not long been into um in your career. You're relatively new in your career. You you're now this tag team champion. How did that feel? Was obviously sense of pride that a company is back to you like that. It was pretty cool. You know, it, it felt real. Like 
the match was a, like just a straight up fight with the Red Devil Fight yeah. Team. Um, one of them is still wrestling today as Alex Chamberlain, and he's he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal competitor. Um, but our match was just a war. We just fought for like ten minutes. We finally get the win, and the crowd goes insane. So it was a real moment, and to be able to control that crowd and get them behind it felt pretty cool. No, it must be, and it's like a sense of accomplishment as well. You've potentially you've you've been a cha- you've, you're a champion. You've you've done something that you've set out for, and um, obviously. So, what other companies have you worked for before getting to MOW? Um, obviously, there's Ronin Ring Warriors and Ronin Pro Wrestling. Is there any mm-hmm. other companies before getting to MOW where you think this is what's defined my career? This is where I've nurt- like nurtured my craft really yeah oh yeah definitely um you have ronin pro based out of a pepper pie with you which is still active today i still you know work there from time to time um yeah. you have blueprint pro which is a little bit new of a newer promotion i still work there um kcw in pennsylvania who's given me opportunity to work in the northeast uh new york wrestling connection um god who else uh tampa bay pro wrestling um, yeah. who is in conjunction with Jay Lethal School. So Jay is frequently there, always critiquing, giving tips and giving information, which I'm grateful for there every time I get a chance to work there. Um, ah, I am missing one. The one school that, the one promotion I actually gave me a chance, I would say about a year before MLW came calling, that was Real Poor Rush. Little, oh. a little promotion based out of Fort Myers. Don't really draw breed crowds, but they always have passionate fans. And they love what they do, and the, the the guys and girls I work with are fucking great. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. They're great, and they love what they do. So, you know, a huge shout out to Jordan and and Zach for those guys giving me a chance again when I was getting ready to give up. Was that real pro wrestling? You said yes. Yeah, um, coastal champion, I believe, at some point. Yep, six months. Six months. How how did that go about? Like, obviously, you're very grateful for them giving you that opportunity to hold the title for six months. Like, what was your highlights of being the um, RPW Coastal Champion? Well, honestly, um, winning the title, because I ended up beating Ricky Martinez, who was also an alumni there. Um, yeah. So that match was pretty fun. Um, actually, losing the title was kind of fun, too, which is weird to say. But the match was, was me putting over a younger talent in it and getting him over as a scumbag heel, and I felt like we did that pretty effectively at the time. Yeah. Uh, those are great, basically my main highlights there, man, and just really trying to elevate the title and make it mean more than what, you know, trying to put it over and make sure that people recognize the championship. That's our job. No, 100%. And, um, like, obviously people that help recognize championship. You mentioned Jay Lethal earlier, who is effectively when you think of a certain company with Ring of Honor, you think of Jay Lethal and what he's done for those titles. So to get that advice and tips from somebody like Lethal, how's, how much has that helped Jay? What sort of advice has he given you? Oh, just be be more of yourself. You know, don't be afraid to take chances. You know, if you, you, you don't feel comfortable doing something, okay. don't put it until you're completely ready. Um, just a lot of, a lot of different little things and he's just, Keep enhancing, keep keep growing, keep evolving. Don't be afraid to change. That's where they kind of kind of that was kind of the seed that inspired the Nafam change. So. Okay. 
So with obviously you've got this opportunity with Major League Wrestling, which um, myself and like one of my um, other presenters, Jamie, we are mm-hmm. we are enjoying it. Like each week, we're constantly watching it. That's what's prompted me to do the reviews across here in the UK to try and build that exposure because I think the product that yourself and the rest of the roster and what Court Bauer's doing is fantastic. It's like a, it's a real throwback, but it's not outdated. Right. It's, it's something completely different. And we, I spoke about this on a podcast I did earlier. Um, it should be dropping next week. Um, about wrestling fans and, how people can complain and say, right, you should do this, you should do that. A lot of the things that I see people complaining about, about certain companies not doing something, you guys at MOW are doing that, and you have got that your product. And, and as a as a competitor, if you was to, if somebody was listening to this and they've not seen MOW before, why should they check out MOW? Try just sell that for the listeners. Oh. If you've never seen MLW before, you have never seen the most poignant, most passionate, most driven competitors on the planet. You know, it's more than just walking and talking about it for us. We live this life. We breathe this life. Everything we do in that ring, we leave everything in the ring about it. It's like you've got your ring of honors, you've got your WWEs, and then you have your MLW. MLW stands above and beyond as its own brand, as its own unique position, as its own unique product that people have a passionate love for. And it's not because... We take five, five, 10, 15 minutes in the ring cutting promos. No, we interweave our stories with the, in the ring and out of the ring. And they flow, they flow together almost seamlessly. And it all makes sense. And it's all easy to follow. That's all enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Um, earlier today, I did a preview show for obviously Fury Road tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie hasn't managed to get round to watching the last two, which has got taped from Free Sports. So, and he was coming and I was like, right, do you want to just jump in on the preview with me? Because normally I'm doing the reviews by myself. And mm-hmm. I was trying to, I was explaining to him and I thought it was a good way to have him on because obviously I'm explaining to the listeners, but I'm actually mm-hmm. explaining to you in front of me the storytelling. And that's one thing that we are like quite passionate about regarding the company is what you said, the storytelling. And you can do it in the ring and it isn't half the show, three quarters of the show of delivering promos and it's just mm-hmm. the continuity, like the truth to the characters, the truth to the storyline. Everything's intertwining rather than, right, these guys are doing a certain thing, then they're done. These guys are doing a certain thing, then they're done. It is all crossing over as how it should be in a, in a workplace. You don't just stay down one lane, then you're done. You have got all that integrating with others. And I think that's probably the, the highlight of MOW for me is the consistency in the character and the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so, definitely, because you see that intermingling of characters. It doesn't just feel like everybody's in their own separate bubble in their own separate story. No, you get crossovers, you get intermingling, you get those shoulders bumping, and you know, and, and that little shoulder bump could lead to something down the road that you never know about. Yes, exactly, and it's, a, it's unpredictable, and that's how it should be. It shouldn't. It's simple storytelling, but it's making it unpredictable. It isn't just. Oh, overtelling, it's not overexposing in matches either, like they're not just going out there and doing, don't get me wrong, these big 30 minute matches are fantastic, but if it happens in MOW, it's happening for a reason rather than, right. you're not blowing your load in the first shot to say the least. 
no, not at all. You know, the, even with your your matches with your Lucha Bros and your Low Keys and your Ricky Martinez, it's, these aren't super long matches, but they are competitive matches and they're amazing matches where you can see what they can do, but they don't give you everything in one shot. No, because then you want more and you want to see more of it, and it keeps that hunger rather than obviously if you eat too much of good food at one point you start getting bloated and you're not enjoying it, and, and you don't appreciate it much. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of time you get that in wrestling, and obviously it's just one hour a week, and it's just so easy to digest. And like mm-hmm. speaking to you, you can tell by like, how passionate about it you are. Most definitely, so, I love that. So, how did that come about? How did um, Barrington Hughes being in MOW? How did that come to suffice? What was the initial talks like when you first came into the company? What mm-hmm. was that experience like? All right, so um, a buddy of mine had given me the information. They let me know, hey, I think MLW is coming back. And I was like, what, for real? So he gives me the information or whatever. I send my media package out, my, my you know, a couple of matches, promo yeah. pictures, and a little resume just kind of telling who I am. I send it to um, who they send it to, who at the time and still is now the, the executive VP of talent and production. So he reaches yeah. out to me. And he's like, look, you know, I sent myself, I sent your stuff to court. The court's really interested because you're bringing something new to the table. So he's like, well, okay, we're going to start doing, we're going to start with our first show, which is going to be a one shot. And this is October of 2017. Yeah. Can you make it? It's a Thursday. Mind you, I'm an independent guy. I still have a full time job. So I had to kind of, you know, play sick and, and sneak off to go. But it was, that was probably the best decision I ever made. It was yeah. worth it. Um, go on, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, so he's, he's still working outside of wrestling, or is this yeah. now your full time? Wor- we're working towards transitioning to this being a full-time job. Yeah. That's the goal. Um, no, definitely. And obviously, you're on national television, Um well, global television now, obviously with the free sports UK TV deal. What's, how does that feel then? Like, obviously you told the story where you got involved. It was like your grandfather giving you that push to go do it. And now you're getting seen all around the world on what, what I say is like a lot of people are saying, what was the number two company? Was it Ring of Honor? Was it Impact Wrestling? And I think a lot of people have slept on MOW and that was just lack of exposure. And it seems like right. they're getting, you're getting past that barrier now. I think it's, there's a lot more exposure going, um, out there for MOW. So how does it feel to be, you're a, t- you're a wrestler on TV? It's surreal. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's still, it's now it's settling in and now I'm understanding when people, reach out to me on social media and like, oh, we love your work. I'm like, huh? Oh, yeah, MLW. Because I'm <laughs> so not used to that. You know what I mean? I've always been the, the oh, the funny fat guy. Now it's, oh, man, you're the caramel glasses or the glasses or, oh, man, you, you're you freaking awesome. And you get to that point where it's like, hey, this isn't too bad. So <laughs> it, it's still it's still kind of a new experience for me. Even with you reaching out and, and inviting me to the show, it's just a real experience and I I appreciate that. You know what I mean? It makes it makes all the sacrifices and all the hard work worthwhile. Yeah. Oh no, I'm 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 glad you feel that way. And like I said, it's it's quite surreal when we do reach out to um certain wrestling personalities and they do agree to come on the podcast. Like obviously mm-hmm. 
times limited, times like it's important. So for you to share some of that time with us, it it does mean a lot, and it's good to see that you feel the same way. The fact that the the fact we want to talk to you, it makes you feel good and makes everything seem worthwhile. So that's awesome. that's good. It's nice. It's nice to know. Um, so obviously, I mentioned we're from the UK. So is what's your goals in wrestling? Are you wanting to travel out to different countries? Do you know much oh, about yeah. like the UK wrestling scene? Oh yeah, I've, I've been watching PCW. I've been watching uh, IPW. Uh, there's a few progress reports. Um, yeah. There's several promotions I would love to come and work with there, as well as um, Ireland and, and Scotland. I don't know if Scotland still has wrestling, but if I can find wrestling in Scotland, I'm going to look for it. Uh, Germany, Finland, you know, anywhere and everywhere, Japan. China. Yeah. I just want to travel the world and wrestle and make good money and be able to provide for my family. That's what I want at the end of the day. No, 100%. And what well, we mentioned, the Scottish scene, like the Scottish scene is um, very strong at the moment. They've got insane championship wrestling. Um, they're one of the UK independent promotions that are affiliated with WWE at this point. Um, WWE wanted to work with them because of like the great things they've been doing. They've done, I did one show with them where it was, I think about four, five thousand, if not six thousand people, nice. just going into arena. And then the next year they wanted to step it up and they ended up doing the exact same arena that WWE used when they do Raw in Glasgow. And then mm-hmm. they're selling and obviously this progress that you mentioned, they're doing, um, They've done Wembley Stadium and they're doing these big venues. And the UK scene is very hot. There's Scottish wrestling and entertainment as well. There's so many good companies around Ireland, Ireland, Scotland and UK and Wales that if you was to do a tour, I think there'd be quite a lot of work for you to to come to come do, really. Most definitely. I know my uh, my good friend Sugar Duncan has been uh, yeah, definitely enjoying his time in, in the UK and just loving life there and making the most of his opportunities. Huge shout out to you, to my brother, Sugar Dunk, like one time. And a huge shout out to my boy, my, my little brother, Liam Meredith, uh, big L down in Wales, man. I love you, bro. No, great. So, are you going to try and reach out to them and be like, look, come on, get me to the UK. Who do I need to speak to? Let's get let's get this sorted. Is that goal of yours for the remainder of 2019 or 2020? Honestly, I feel like on my own merits and strength, if I reach out to the, the proper people and get the proper connections, I think I can do it on my own. I really want to start playing that for next year. You know, once yeah. I have the opportunity to really sit down and put together the logistics and the, the fine-tuning, I think we can start doing that next year. Yeah. Well, by all means as well, if, if you needed any help with setting contacts to people that like some of the people that we know, um, we can always pass on details and it'd be good when you're across here, just hook up and do do a podcast live in person, see how you're enjoying the UK. Um, Because we're trying to do a lot of like more YouTube content. So um, if you do come across, we could try and do something where we're documenting your, your journey across into the UK, if that's something you'd be interested in. Okay. Let's, let's stay in touch for that. That sounds fun. Oh, no, brilliant. So, um, obviously, you said you want to travel UK, Europe. What about Mexico? What about Japan? Are they goals that you've got Most set in sight? Most definitely. If you if you don't want to go to Japan, you don't want to be a wrestler. You know, even if it's <laughs> a minor tour, 
you know, whether it's a, with a DDT, a big Japan, uh, maybe the Japanese Indies or, you know, New Japan, All Japan. I personally want to get to All Japan because, you know, my buddies, the end have been there, Odinson and, uh, Perot. They've, uh, yeah. worked to World Strongest Tag League. Um, and they're actually getting ready to go back next month for another tour. So I definitely want that to be a place where I can work and kind of spread my wings and, and really show what I can do as opposed to where MLW is kind of limited. But if you look at myself on YouTube, you can see I, I can do a little bit more than what you see on TV. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is so, like, there is so much to you, Salem. I think the, like, the heavyweights of wrestling is kind of a dying breed, if that makes sense, which is quite sad to see. Like, everything's about a variety. Everything should have a variety, and you do offer a lot that not many people can offer, and I think that's why, well, you went undefeated in MLW for so long. Mm-hmm. How did, how did you feel regarding that going unbeaten for so long in MLW? It, it felt cool, you know, like that night after night, like people were getting behind it. It was to the point where they were counting the seconds in the match. It's like, can he beat his <laughs> first record? <laughs> you know, and I never got back to another eight second win, unfortunately, but it was actually just a really fun experience to, to ride that wave and, and see the momentum and see how people supported me. And even after, you know, even after the whole, you know, the whole conflict of contract, People still have my back and still support me, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's good to see. And obviously, I mentioned to you um, as we're talking battle rights, who was where I mm-hmm. first started watching MOW. I'd seen little glimpses here and there on um, TV. You'd mentioned the war games, obviously, which he was involved with, um, and so I, I checked some of that out earlier before mm-hmm. the they got home and. It was, for me, it's a shame that the big company wants to keep all their toys and trademark everything because that was such yeah. a fun, that was such a fun match and the it way was. you guys did it. Bloody hell, you wrapped yourself in bad boy, for God's sake. I did, I did. <laughs> whose idea was that? Oh, who's, who's in the back and think, you know what, let's wrap yourself in barbed wire and you can run at people. It was Sammy. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> that. I'm like, we're thinking back, and he's like, I got a great idea. Let's, let's try to do this. I'm like, Sammy, why? He's like, just do it. Trust me. I'm like, all right. Fine. So <laughs> we do it. It gets over, and we go in the back. He's like, I told you. I'm like, okay, Sammy, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um. How how do you feel like that with, obviously, hardcore wrestling isn't for anybody. Um, as soon as you got into the match, obviously, Jimmy, I believe it was Jimmy Havoc, um, yep. just trying to hit you across the head with his um, wet floor sand board repeatedly. Like, what's your thoughts on hardcore wrestling? Is it something you enjoy doing? Um, would you prefer not to do it? What's your thoughts? Honestly, it wasn't something that I thought I would enjoy until... Um until I did war games and yeah. then I was, okay, this isn't too bad. And then the opportunity came February of this year for me to do a, a no ring death match with Casanova Valentine. And I did, I said, uh, I'll do it as a joke. And then he yeah. inboxes on Twitter. He was like, are you, you, are you down? I'm like, why not? So they ended up booking the match and I, it was unexpectedly a fun time. <laughs> I was surprised. So, um, would I do it again? Maybe, 
but I know that I've tried it, and it's like it's definitely a different type of experience. Yeah, and who's that against Casanova Valentine? Did you say? Yes. It was. Was that um? What show was that one at? That was No Peace Underground in Orlando, Florida. I believe the match. I believe the match footage should be coming out anytime now. Yeah. Um, I'll have to have a look at that. So obviously you've got it in your um your Twitter bio. Um, hashtag NAFAM. How did what happened with the NAFAM movement? How did that come about? Well, the NAFAM movement basically is just don't accept no for an answer. It was I was reaching out to a lot of promotions, especially after W, and um, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of bites. You know, I'm gonna be honest about it. Not everybody yeah. was was on the the Husey Poo train. And it was like okay, well, you know, I started to get a little bummed out. I started talking to people. Like, nah, don't be bummed out. You know, just keep pushing, keep, keep grinding. You know what you're worth, get what you're worth. So that's where the whole not fam came from, where it's like, you know what, don't accept less than what you're worth. Don't accept less than what you believe in. You know, do what you feel is best for you. And if it's not what you feel it, and if that, that's not what you want, that's not what you're feeling, you tell them not, fam. And that's it. It's a good way to be, I think. Um, wrestling at the moment as well. It gives a lot of people that freedom to know your worth and not settle for anything less. Obviously, the wrestling industry is the hottest it's been for 20 years with all these different companies coming about. So what goals have you got left in MOW specifically? Like what, by the time of, say, the end of the year or maybe the end of next year, what would you want to to achieve in MOW? Um... I definitely want to win the championship. I definitely want, whether it's the tag team title, the U.S. national open white title, or the world title, I definitely want to win the championship. So, could you, um, what do you reckon? Are you fancying Filthy Tom? Listen, I, I respect the hell out of Filthy Tom. I know what he can do and I know what he's capable of. But I still bring a fight to him. If it's worth <laughs> it, I'm going to fight for him. Okay, okay. So, in, in wrestling, obviously, um, what what are your ultimate goals? Where is it staying with MOW? Obviously, there's a lot of other companies with contracts available. Mm-hmm. What's your ultimate goal in in wrestling? Like when it's all said and done, when what would you have wanted to do? Where would you have wanted to be? I would have wanted to travel the entire world, of course, being able to make yeah. a living for my, my family, and eventually open my own wrestling school. Okay. So no, where would on. you go? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so you'd want to do your own on school. You want to travel the world. Is the any company on that bucket list where you're wanting to experience that? <laughs> um, one. You hope of, of okay. course, there will a few, a few. Of course, I said, you know, I mentioned all Japan earlier. Possibly New Japan if the opportunity were to arise. Um, yeah. and of course, a- AEW, you know, we're not even going to, you know, hide the elephant in the room. I would definitely yeah. like to get an opportunity with them if that came about as well. Okay. Now, um, um, well, thank you for your honesty there. Obviously, um, it can put you in obviously a tricky situation, but with MOW, with the U, um, with the UK deal, are you hoping that could be something that happens soon coming across to the UK with MOW? 
Obviously, um, Avalanche Robert Dreschke just faced Filthy Tom representing WXW in Germany. Yeah. You're hoping more and more of those working relationships are what going to get you across into Europe, across into the UK. What's your thoughts on all these companies wanting to work together? I think it's great because it, it opens up, you know, audiences to new talent, to new avenues and new things to watch and, and new and it makes new fans out of those watching audiences for those new wrestlers coming in, like a Robert Dresker. I've known about Robert for a couple of years, but now he's got to be seen proper on US television and that was great for him, especially with your debut being a world title match. You know, that's fantastic. Because it shows how much yeah. respect regard that MLW has for WSW and, and vice versa. So hopefully like an opportunity where a Tom Lawler can go and can, you know, defend his title in Germany would come about. I hope they would do the same thing, you know, and it just helps both companies overall because it's elevating their, both of their profiles. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's refreshing to see. It's obviously opening up a lot more opportunities for people like yourself with all these working relationships. When, when you're studying, like, obviously when you're studying and trying to hone your craft, is he, Anybody you look to that you, when you're researching, who who do you look at? Oh, um, Gary Albright, number one. Um, watch a lot of Yokozuna. I'm not gonna lie. Watch some Bam Bam. Watch some Vader. Um, Ron Simmons, especially his tag team stuff. Um, I watch a little bit of everybody. Uh, even go, I go as far back as the '60s and '70s and. I'll watch some Buddy Colt. I'll watch some Antonio Inoki, some Gorilla Monsoon, just to see little things that I could take from there and kind of bring to a modern sense. Ah, nice. So, MLW give you the option of one opponent, whether or not they're signed to the company now or if they're available elsewhere. Who, who's on your tick list? Who are you wanting to face in that ring? Ooh. Um... Hmm. Well, this one this is unexpected. Uh, <laughs> anybody? Anybody you want. I would have to say Sawama from All Japan. Okay. So, obviously, you seem a massive fan of All Japan, actually. Um, so, with the, like, obviously, if you do try and come to the UK, you should have a look at, um, funnily enough, our sponsor, WrestleGate Pro. They're the, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the footage of the Hangman and Pack um, encounter where they yeah. surprised me. So they're our sponsor, and that was on their third show. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully, we managed to get the um, the recording and everywhere else started using it. With, with that, they've got a heavyweight Grand Prix coming up in July, and they've got um, Joe Doring coming across, who's obviously uh, All Japan Triple Crown um, champion, the is it, it might be worth having a look at that sort of company to see um, for those bookings because they are trying to bring everybody from everywhere to try and showcase the best of all style, um, all styles, should I say? So if you manage mm-hmm. to come to the UK, is there anybody that you've seen that you're like, yes, I, I want to work with? Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 what's my man's name? The mod. Flash Morgan Webster. Yes. <laughs> Flash is, Flash is 
honest. Slash is great. Um, yeah, Rampage Brown, of course. Um, my word, who else? Um, One or Grado, of course, I want to have a, a, a fun match with Grado. Um, yeah, that would be nuts. Trust me. Um, <laughs> there's a couple other people. Um, I just can't remember them off the top of my head. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you said Rampage Brown, though. For me, he's the best heavyweight in Europe. He's mm. the, the fact he isn't contracted to a major company yet, or he isn't contracted, well, gone to Japan. It's... It is a shame. And, well, we mentioned earlier, um, country units still have the numbers. How about speaking to Kakar and try to get Rampage to come help you and AC Baby out to start the country unit? Mm-hmm. So, um, so let, the, let the fans know, where can they, where can they find you? Um, where can they get any merchandise? What upcoming appearances have you got? All right. Um, I have a couple of shows coming up. June 15th, I'll be in the Kelsey Theater in West Palm Beach uh, for Full Throttle Championship Wrestling. My second uh, world title defense against Omar Amir. Uh, the 23rd, I'll be back in Deerfield, Florida for Blueprint Pro, tagging up with the young talent Saif Al-Sabah against MMA star King Mo and Josh Barnett, the American top team. Um, look to fill a few more dates. Oh, That'll be that'll be good. The King Mo and Josh Barnett one. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Josh Hartnett, not Barnett. Ah, uh, Josh Hartnett. Josh, yeah, for Josh. <laughs> but <laughs> um, oh, and I'm looking to fill a few more dates throughout the summer. So if you're interested, uh, reach out to me, bookbhughes at gmail dot com. Reach out to me on Twitter at hughesypoo, Instagram at the real the real hughesypoo, uh, Facebook Barrington Hughes or Tragic City if you're looking for a tag team. Um, my partner Moses Kamau and I combined 30 years of experience. We're definitely looking to travel some more. So, huge shout out to my brother. Huge shout out to you guys for having me on the show, and thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Just before we um, let you go as well, something that I'll integrate with the Fury Road preview that um, I recorded earlier. What's mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on the Fury Road show that's um, that will be happening tonight? What's like? Is there anything that, as a fan, you're looking forward to see what how that's going to play out? I mean, the entire card looks fantastic from top to bottom. I just want to see the world mostly. That's actually go back hard now, but it looks like it's going to be really good. Yeah. So okay. A specific, a specific match that I'm interested in. One second. What was that? Sorry. Just looking at the. I'm actually looking at the card now. That as I happen to be scrolling through Facebook, I just happen to see a couple of my guys. Uh, on the plane and route to the venue. So I was like, okay, cool. Ah, yes. Coto Brazil, my little brother. Coto Brazil versus Richard Holiday is going to be good. Um, yeah. Ringo Lopez versus Myron Reed is going to be fantastic. Um, let's see. Loki versus Ricky Martinez might be Loki match. For, forgive my pun. Might be the match of the night. No, I, I could. I could see that, to be honest. The the card is ridiculously good, to be honest. Um, but going back to the beginning of like our conversation with the storytelling, the way that's been planted and all the little um, subtle with between Loki and Selena De La Renta with and Promociones Dorado, obviously them leaving him to Contra Unit to um, 
get beaten like that. I think this match will be it. It will be massive, but it's most of them. It's all storyline, and that's that's what I like. It's all that storytelling, and, and I could see Loki and Ricky Martin stealing the show. To be honest, definitely, definitely. They're both super talented individuals, and just you know, Selena being there to help help keep that picture together is great. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, Barrington. Thank you for coming on to the um, podcast. Guys, make sure you check out the Colossus. If you are wanting him to come across to the UK, tweet the companies that you'd like to see him at. Maybe tweet some matches you'd like to see him in. If you're not watching it already, make sure you're checking out MLW on Free Sports TV um, in the UK on their YouTube channel or those in America. If you're not watching it already, make sure you're watching on BN Sports and make sure you check out Barrington Hughes. And go back to War Games. Have a look on YouTube. See Barrington Hughes. Close £500 wrapping himself in barbed wire. Just causing carnage. Barrington, thank you. This has been Wrestle Thoughts Podcast. I've been Kate Johansson. Until next time.